are now tuned in to 3 Plus 1, the podcast. is a multi-generational podcast that crosses lines with zennial and millennial voices. Political issues, social matters, and popular culture are explored weekly in a segmented format that engages, informs, and sometimes uplifts. Hello and welcome to the 3 Plus 1 podcast where we are joined by today's special guest actress, Danica Clay. <laughs> Danica is an accomplished Atlanta actress who starred in the indie feature film Finding Forever in Love, where she played the role of Erica. She also starred in the web series The Break Room, where she plays Sister Dolores. She was also Sienna in the feature film Karma. We are so excited to be joined by this noted actress. Danica, welcome to the 3 Plus 1 podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So, Danica, just giving us a little bit about your work in the entertainment industry, what motivated you to pursue this path to being an actress? Well, it's always been my... I've always had an interest for acting. Um, but being from the Midwest, I'm thinking you got to move to L.A. to become an actress. Um, and that wasn't so. I can actually say that my path has been a very, very uh, journeyful path, if that's if that would be a word. It's a um, word because you just said Yes, journeyful. Okay. But the Midwest, where are you from? I was born in Ohio. Okay. I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, raised in Dayton, Ohio. And um, that was pretty much my childhood. Then I... My, my spirit was like, you know what, you need to leave. You know, you need to get away from the Midwest, the Rust Belt, honey. And so um, it was a college that came to our high school called Bethune-Cookman College, now Bethune-Cookman University. <laughs> my, oh, my God. My older sister went to Bethune-Cookman. Are you serious? Yes, dead ass. So, um, what's crazy is my mother and my father met at Central State University, mm-hmm. a historically black college in Wilberforce, Ohio, and I attended a lot of uh, homecomings as a child. So maroon and gold pretty much is in my blood. So when it was maroon and gold Bethune-Cookman College and it's a HBCU, I'm like, wait a minute, I might want to attend this university, which was in Florida. And my mother said, I'm like a... Baby, I'm like a mother bird. I got to watch you fly. So if you want to go ahead, I support you. So that's what I did. I went to Bethune-Cookman and uh, spent two and a half years there um, majoring in journalism. I cheered there, uh, cheerleading captain there. Um, Daytona Beach was cool. I was a Volusia County chick. What's up, Volusia County? Um, however, I did not feel... So, what, wait, Volusia County. What does it mean to be a Volusia County chick? Well, you know, like, you got Fulton County here and DeKalb County and Coal County, honey. Well, down there is Volusia County, Dade County, which is uh, <laughs> Miami. You got uh, Duval, which is Jacksonville. That's right. Shout out to all of our Floridians. If any of you are listening <laughs> and would like to sponsor an episode of the 3 Plus 1 Podcast, we are happy to have you because Tazzy needs a job. Listen. Shout out. Let's yeah. talk Tazzy. I need a job, baby. I need some money. Yeah, what's up to Florida? So I, I definitely have some Florida in me, and I'm, I'm happy to say that. Um, and then I transferred to Morgan State University. The Morgan is, State University. Yes, which is Alpha a- chapter of Iota Phi Theta. In 1963, Morgan State University. Hey! Hey! They got that little Iota Phi Theta. We know, baby. We know. Actually, um, transferred there and um, 
and graduated as a bear from Morgan State. So I'm a bear. Um, lived on campus as a fifth year senior. Y'all know how that is, honey. And so um, that's what I'm from. Spent my adult life, pretty much most of all of my 20s in Baltimore. I'm glad to say that. Did you start acting in Baltimore? I did not. I wasn't doing anything in Baltimore, but uh, being a school teacher, not really, just trying to figure out who I was in my 20s. Um, crying to my mother in Ohio State saying, listen, I don't know what my journey is. I don't know what I'm meant to be. Who am I? Even though I was in college, you still don't know who you are, what you want to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I think that's really reassuring. You know, the whole point of this podcast is to bridge kind of a generational gap between Xennials and Millennials. Mm -hmm. And there's so many, I think, (laughs) Millennials who are listening. There are also so many Xennials listening who are not fulfilled with where they are. And they have dreams of doing things like being in the entertainment industry or dreams of doing things like becoming a school teacher, but they're not there yet. And they're feeling defeated and they're counting themselves out. Well, let me tell you something. I My major was not education. My major was, I trans, uh, changed it to marketing and public relations when I got to Morgan. And so um, I could not find a job in marketing and public relations. So what happened when I graduated, they just needed school teachers that were uh, had a four-year degree. This was before No Child Left Behind. You did not have to be certified to be a teacher as long as you had a four-year degree. I went to a Baltimore City School System a job fair for teachers and the first teacher I met with to be her pre-k teacher she needed somebody so bad you have a four-year degree really I wasn't even out of college yet like I had just I was still in school saying I'm wow. going to be graduating can you please can I get her this was in 2000 uh this was in late 2000 and so um this she hired me to be her pre-k school teacher I didn't have not near training to do no mm, to teach nobody wow. children. Do you understand what I'm saying? They just needed a body. This was in 2001, once again. And so I be- was a very young school teacher where teachers were um, just thrown into their positions, whether their major was education or not. And I was told that I would get the necessary training that I need. The only necessary training I got was professional development. I wow. didn't know a thing about a thing because that was not my major. But I needed a job, I needed money. So I would do anything. My anything was become a school teacher and and hold these children's education. I was accountable for their education. And I'm going to be real with you. I was not a great school teacher. Why? Because I was a young school teacher. My mind was not, my frontal lobe was not fully well, developed. What you wanted to do either. Exactly. It it I needed the check. I needed the check. But I was not doing any justice to those children. Mm. And I knew that after two and a half half years that I needed to get out of this position. Didn't know how because I felt like I had the best insurance and everything. But guess what got me out of that position? A parent attacked me, choked me, assaulted me because her child, her first grade child was having issues with another first grade child. So she's fighting the other first grade child's parent. And I'm in the school, I'm in the, I'm in the uh, office like, ladies, ladies, break it up, break it up. They're looking at me like, Miss Clay, you're going to break this up? These your parents. And I'm looking like, really? This is my job to break this up? I break them up. Mind you, it's, 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 um, it's time to get, go home. We got, we're ready to go home. I got my keys in my hands, papers I need to grade. 
I'm trying to break up a fight between two parents because one other child went and said, such and such is talking about me. So what did the parent do? Being immature, that parent came up to jump the other parent. Yeah, I heard your child is uh, uh, messing with my other child. Mind you, first graders work out problems just like that. But that's how petty it was. And so a parent attacked me, assaulted me, started choking me. I'm beating her off of me with my keys. Mind you, this is like a glass window right here. Children can see what's going on. They see this fight going on. And I'm their their, their parent, their, their teacher. This is Miss Clay fighting another parent to get you off of me. I didn't think it was that serious, but it was serious. I had to go to the hospital. I had blood on my vocal cords. Larynx oh my was in, my larynx was inflamed. This parent could have had a razor. This parent could have had a knife or anything. I'm I'm happy that it was just her hands on me because she could have had so much more. This was in 2004 because I had was on my you, I got hired in 2001. So for two and a half years, I was unhappy. I had high blood pressure. I was on Zoloft for being depressed. Because I was responsible for children who could not pass state-administered tests. you telling me how to teach these kids, but you have not taught me how to teach these children. They're telling you and haven't Ooh, taught you. Right. You see what I'm saying? And so that was, I feel like that was Yahweh's way of getting me out of that profession because I was unhappy. I, right. Would you be happy going to a job crying in the shower like a movie? Down on, just crying while, while the shower's coming out, crying because you have to go to a job that you know that you, you don't have that you don't like well, that's that, it's just what that support purpose. so right. do you feel that acting is your calling acting is my calling but let me tell you I'm not an, I'm not fully an actor acting does not pay the bills mm. I do have a job a job that pays the bills while I work on while I work on my passion so I was a marketing fast forward I got out of the teaching got into my major of marketing I was a marketing assistant in Baltimore then I was like okay, I'm ready to be a marketing assist, a marketing director. So I applied, put over 300 resumes in D.C., Jersey, New York. I put in over 300 resumes to be a marketing director in the East Coast because I wanted to shimmy my way up to New York somehow. Mm. That didn't work out. I put in one resume in Atlanta and ended up getting that job. Wow, one resume, honey. That speaks to God's. It was an, I call, I call that from my pastor, I call it, my pastor calls that a sweatless victory when things happen so right. easy that you're not even sweating because it was meant mm-hmm. to be. They, my job that gave me a, you. my job gave me a month to move down here. I told him, I said, I don't even need for you to pay for me to move down here. My mother's going to help me pay. Just give me the chance to be your marketing director for your company. Fast forward, I get in, I'm a marketing director in 2005. That's when I moved down here from Baltimore. I was a marketing director from 2005 to 2009-ish, 2008-ish, when a family member knew when I was crying to her saying, I don't know, I still don't know what I'm meant to do, what I'm meant to be. I don't know my purpose. And she sent me an email with the top five jobs. They're in high demand that people don't know much about them, but they pay very well. First on the list was some type of engineer. Second on the list was some type of educator. Fifth on the list was court reporter. Court reporter? What's that? Coming to you live. Court reporter. You know, I'm thinking that, but I Google court reporting. It said if you want, if you're interested in anything legal terminology, medical terminology, anything dealing with court, if you're good with sentence structure, grammar, punctuation, editing, listening, good with deadlines, conversing with judges, attorneys, and the public, this may be the job for you. So I 
did my research, found out the nearest court reporting school, and there's only one in it in Georgia called Brown College of Court Reporting, found, went to their open house, thought, found out that it was for me, and I signed up that day. I don't like to live my life on woulda, coulda, shoulda. I wonder what where I could be if I coulda signed up or woulda signed up when I went to that open house. I signed up that day, did the financial aid, knowing damn well I didn't want to do no more financial aid, knowing damn well I had five years of financial aid from undergrad, mm-hmm. but I said, I have to look at this as an investment. I can't be unhappy for the rest of my life not knowing what I was meant to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know about court reporting. But when I found out, did it, went to the school, I'm now a full-time court reporter. I work in a court that pays the bills. It has excellent insurance, pension. And so that is my journey while I work on acting. And with this, it's such a flexible job, career. It's a flexible Mm -hmm. career. Now, when someone comes to me and says, you're going to want to quit your job as a court reporter because... It's going to pay your salary. It's going to pay your bills. It's going to get you out of debt. Then I'm going to quit. But don't be stupid. That's for everybody out here. If you have a passion and it is not paying your bills, still do the job that pays the bills and keep hold of your passion. Don't let go of it. I have been acting since 2009 and have not made any more than $1,000. Let me tell you that again. I have been acting since 2009. It is 2018. I have not made any more than $1,000. Every journey, every project that I have been on has led me to grow and to go to something else. It has created a reel for me, an acting reel where it's like kind of a resume for Mm -hmm. actors. And so they have seen that that has gotten me bigger positions you're going to even see me on Investigation Discovery Channel, that network. I'm going to be on there doing a reenactment show. I'm going to, can't tell you too much too now because I've signed a clause. However, I'm now going to be ha- be holding down a reenactment show on Investigation Discovery called Murder Calls. Look out for that. And also the independent film, uh, 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 Finding Forever in Love, even though we filmed that in 2004. Uh, 13-ish, 2014-ish. It is still a great independent mm-hmm. movie. I yes. you said a lot. Like, you said some really profound statements that I think I'm really glad mm-hmm. our listeners can hear that because many times people think, you know, I want to be in the entertainment industry and they think that once they do that, large amounts of money and fame come associated right. with it. But that's not the reality for many of our professionals. No, it's not. I have a lot of friends that are acting, actresses, actors that are... Um, struggling and it's okay to struggle the it's how you make it out of the struggle is what matters and so it's a lot of us we are trying to compensate our income and we're still trying to do our passion but one thing you never do never never lose sight of your passion never I don't care if I've made people like well what you been doing for all that time I've been doing I'm sorry I've been doing shit for free And I don't care because it's my passion. I'm going to keep going to the point where I've even done casting. I've I've been a casting assistant for LQ Casting. I have a great mentor, Brad James, who's also an actor. It's like you have to get your... I've done first AD work, first Mm. assistant director work You uh, for Algie Sela. You have to understand that there are things, many, many things out there that you can still do in which you have a passion and you can still keep a close connection. So even though I don't have an agent, I don't have a manager, how am I getting these gigs? 
I really have to say that it's all Yahweh. It's all who I, my, my, who I worship. And so I'm very, very happy to know that, um, that there are, there are gigs out there that I can apply. Uh, I can put in my, uh, I don't want to say resume for, but my talent reel and my talent resume to say, hey, I'm worthy. I may not have an agent, but I feel that's because an agent doesn't know where to place me just yet because I'm a different type of, of actor. You know, I'm, ju I'm just a different type of actor and I can accept that. So, Danica, one thing that you said, what well, you know, you, you talked about kind of coming into being an actress a little bit later in life. And many people think you have to do this from childhood up to be successful. And that hasn't been your story. What's one piece of advice that you would give to someone out there who may be feeling as though they're no longer at the prime time to be in this field and they want to do it? What's one piece of advice that you would tell them how they can just jump out there and make it happen? I have two words. Keep going. Keep going. I can't play a great grandmother. I can't play a great grandmother. So guess what? Look for a great grandmother. There are women still in their 60s and 70s and 80s acting and going to auditions to audition to be the great grandmother, to be the grandmother. Why would you even want someone to be put in prosthetics to look like a great grandmother when there are women out there who, who want to be great grandmother actors or actresses I guess you could say so somebody's got to play those other roles those those older other roles I guess you could say I can't play a 12 year old so guess what somebody's gonna need to pay, play a 12 year old I probably can't even play that old school auntie that's I'm probably that sister or you know what I'm saying or the cousin or something so somebody's got to take those roles and get those roles so my thing is keep going do it. Never live your life on woulda, coulda, shoulda, where it'll be 20 years from now. You're saying, I wonder where I could have been in this acting industry if I would have signed up on February 18, 2018 or put in that, you know what I'm saying, casting call. Do you feel that you have to look a certain way to be in the industry? Everything is about the look in the industry. Everything is about the look. You you have to fulfill the um, the vision of the director or the producer, or whomever, it, what their vision is. So everything is about the look, and then it's the talent. Um, so they just, do you, it has everything to do with the look, the height. My my five fourness may not be for certain roles. They may need someone that's 5'8". I can't play a 5'8 role. I'm only 5'4". So... You know, it's all about it's all about the look. And but but guess what? Don't they should not get discouraged. They should not get discouraged at all. At all. Because you never know what anyone's looking for. You don't know what casting. You never know what the, the it's all about the look, but you never know what look they're going exactly for. Exactly for still do it because you may be the look they never even thought of. You, it may be a like, oh, I never looked at it like that, or you know, like I can see her like she has braids right now. I look totally different when I have braids. I'm I, people think that I look, um, uh, they say Dominican. You see what I'm saying? So it's all about a look. It, I feel like anybody can do a look with a different hairstyle, mm -hmm. with um, with makeup on. We all look different when we don't have makeup on. It, it, it enhances us. So um, can you pull out, like I was looking at a casting call today. Can, can It needed somebody to pull off being a teenager. I don't know if I can pull that off anymore. I may be able to pull that off. But I don't want to make it hard on anybody in the um, who's ever doing the project for it to, to they know. 
They already know. Oh, we don't have to do much with her. Put a little makeup on her. Yeah. Um, she can pass for a teenager. Yeah. And you could too. I, you told me your age, but you actually could pass for like a 17, 16 year old. And then they build you up to look older. Yeah, they can do that. So Tansy, you're also, you know, studying now in the entertainment industry. Yes. You're pursuing a master's degree. At Master of Fine Arts. That's it. Let's get So Tansy, do you have anything that you could add in about some Someone who may be in a non-traditional position where they're like, I really feel as though God has called me to be in the entertainment industry, but I am 40 years old and I haven't been able to do it. I completely agree with her advice that you keep going. There's always going to be roles for you. Like, like she just said, there's going to be movies where a great grandmother might be the main role. If you decide, oh, I'm 40 years old and I'm too old to be trying to pursue acting, we might need a 70 year old to be the main actor in a role that we need in a movie. Don't ever give up. Like, honestly, there's never an age limit on acting. There's never an age limit on roles that are available for people. So don't give up because I have visions and movies that I, where I know I need like a 90 year old black woman to be that role Right. if you are a 90 year old black woman you want to be an actress you need to apply like, everybody needs to look at the examples that are out there at this current moment Angela Bassett Woo! That that's a fine black woman Viola Woo! Davis Viol- um, yes, right. and Viola didn't get a lot of roles when she was younger it came later, like, in, later her life. in life. Later in life. She and didn't give up. Say later in her career, but she the, didn't give up. The blessing is that this is not later in her career. She right. is in the prime yes. of her career. Be, she said before she even got that role, I can't, I don't want to misinform anyone. Don't have time to get on IMDb real quickly, but she stated that it took 19 years for her to get to where I believe to that murder. Um, how to get away, uh, how to get away with murder type, type role, or it, it was the help. I believe it was the help. She said it took oh, me the nineteen years to get to, you know. And please forgive me if I'm if I'm wrong. However, she did state that it took her, and I knew nineteen because nineteen is my line number, and I knew I was like, that's a good number. Y'all, y'all, she, y'all, y'all, she the reds, y'all. Y'all know we, we love, love the case. We love the case. Devastating divas of Delta Sigma Theta. In this house, we love them all. And Sigma Gamma Rho, our Zeta Phi Beta, as well as Kyle Omega and Phi Beta. We love you all. So I think that's a great kind of segue, you know, kind of very serious topic, talking about again your purpose. Why you're here, where you're here. Tazzy, have you ever thought about being in front of the camera or do you solely want to live behind it? Oh, no. So I'm one of those people that I'm like, I want to be Ava, Oprah, and Issa. Like, I'm going to be in front of the camera, behind the camera. My personality is too amazing that I can just sit behind the camera. Y'all are definitely going to see me in front of the camera. I'm one of those people that I'm going to be all those positions. So wait and see that I'll be all of those things. And just follow her on her journey. Yes, let's talk Tazzy. So with that, Danica, you said that you had, you were working really, you're right now doing some stuff with Discovery Network. 
No, 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 not doing anything. I, I just filmed. You, it's already done. Yeah, I, yeah, I filmed it. I filmed it in October with the Investigation Discovery, Investigative Discovery, Discovery Network, I believe. And that's people what it's love those shows. Yeah, it's, it, it, love them. yeah, those shows are very interesting. It's amazing that a lot of people can actually watch a whole marathon of those reenactment shows. And it started off with me with uh unsolved mysteries wow. back with Robert Stack. What it was great. Yeah, it was yeah, great. Yeah. It was great. So, unfortunately, there is a there is no mystery here or anything to unsolve. What happened as we kind of jump right into the beginning of our segment with our Florida school shooting uh, that happened with 18 year 19-year-old orphan Nicholas Cruz. Very mm. sad, very unfortunate incident. It's really sweeping the country. The discussion has reopened talk about gun control laws and uh, massive, massive debate about the president's response and response of a number of key leading Republicans. Uh, ladies, what are your thoughts on this tragic school shooting in Florida? The 18th school shooting of the year. We talked about this in our very first uh, episode of the 3 Plus 1 podcast where there were, I think, 50 total incidents of someone bringing a gun into a school and a total now of 18 school shootings. Ladies, what are your thoughts? So, we did talk about school shootings before, and like I said before, the problem is stuff like this has become so normal that we aren't even, like, faced by it, which is a problem because when I heard about this, I was hurt. I was devastated. A 19-year-old walked into a school and killed 17 children. You killed children, and... People aren't even phased. The Fox News and all these other reporters are making all these stories about all this other bullshit. There are children that have been affected, parents that have lost children, and we, seriously, the country as a whole has not changed any type of laws or anything. That's a problem. That 19-year-old should not have had access to guns. And there's no way that he should have had all these type of guns and shit that he had to walk into a school and kill 17 people. I am outraged. I'm upset. I don't understand. It's very hurtful. The fact that children can't go to school and, and, and feel like they're adults. safe. There were two adults killed. He shot a security guard who was a uh, part-time coach. And yes. he also shot a teacher who was had the door open for kids who were running for their lives. The teacher held the door open and then shielded the children, you know, and took the bullets. It, it is... I mean, I get chills. It's you know. devastating because it's like you should be able to go to school and your sole purpose of going to school is to get your education, learn more. You shouldn't go to school and be in fear, fear for your life. The fact that you have to go to school and think maybe somebody could walk in here and kill me is a problem. School should be a safe place. Danica. The people should have said, people did say enough. They did. On December the 14th, 2012, in Newtown, Connecticut. Oh, my God. December the 14th, 2012. I didn't even... I, I, I that t- For that time even passed for it to be 2018, I'm like, I actually looked at that like, wow. 20. It's like it just happened. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's like this just happened to America. It and just so happened. My thing is, my thing is this. Man, and I don't, I don't want, I don't ever want y'all this to get so controversial that this become viral. But I have to speak my mind. My thing is this: y'all had all the signs and symptoms. Y'all ain't do shit. Not a For thing. number one, my thing is this: I'm already 
an animal lover. So if you got somebody that's got a squirrel and hitting rocks at the squirrel as a child and you shooting chickens and you doing all of this as a child, your neighbors knew and said, oh, if that's anybody who shouldn't have a gun, it's that kid right there. Oh, really? Nicholas Cruz. Right. I understand that he didn't have, most people don't have a picture on their YouTube. They just log on. Okay. But if he left a message on YouTube stating, I'm going to be the next uh, uh, famous school shooter or whatever he said, that was not That's as a quote. That's okay. But um, the guy whose page that was on turned it into the FBI. Y'all did not do your job. How many people gotta say something before you do something? Right. I'm I'm baffled. You had all the signs. You had all of them. You had everything people told you. It's gonna happen again. I hate to tell y'all this. I hate to tell you this. It's I when when Newtown happened, I said I don't know why they saying something. They ain't gonna do shit. And now we here February eighteenth, twenty eighteen, talking about enough's enough. Somebody right now is plotting to do something again to show y'all that enough ain't enough. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. It's. it's I'm very conflicted because on one hand, I definitely, I mean, I'm going to be very transparent and say I empathize with the battle that Nicholas Cruz has undergone. He I get is it. mentally ill. He has a number of psychological problems and there is no reason that someone in his mental state should have ever been allowed to have a gun. And I am not saying that a mental illness should take away your Second Amendment rights, but if you have had the warning signs that was that you just rattled off, you should not have access to a gun because you're not responsible enough to yield a firearm. And the fact that the Republicans in Congress and our president are not fighting and yielding and sounding the alarms in favor of greater gun control is alarming. It is also alarming in fairness that a report was made to the FBI regarding this young man and no action was taken. And that happened under the Obama administration. So in all fairness, I think that has to be said. And it's something that we have to also keep in mind as we look through this week's events. I, I'm definitely, I, I feel you with the whole, he lost his mother he lost his father to, I believe, a heart attack. Yes. He was an orphan. He lost his... Yes, he was an orphan. I think he was clinically diagnosed with depression. He had ADHD. I don't know if he had any other, you know, psychosomatic issues, but those things I know, you know, he suffered from. There are so many people out here with, um, with the mental instabilities, I would use that word. However... I believe it is a selfish move because you have chosen to take away 17 lives that other people care about. So that is selfish to me. I don't like selfish motives. I used to be a selfish person. I have now grown. I know the wisdom to now not be a selfish person in taking someone's life. And you don't have any remorse because you say, I mean, you say you hear, you hear voices in your head. 
I'm, I'm, my, my, my mind is on such on some other spiritual stuff where I'm like, I get it. I mean, I, 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 I hear you saying you got you hearing voices in your head. I that's t- oh man. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. I'm very conflicted about it as well. It's, it is tough. It is Ooh, tough. And then our president basically blamed the people there for not seeing the signs. Trump suggests Florida students could have done more to prevent daily shooting. Uh, read a headline from Alana Satlin of the Huffington Post. Donald Trump's tweet from the, uh, from at real Donald Trump said so many signs that Florida shooter was mentally disturbed, even expelled from school for bad and erratic behavior. Neighbors and classmates knew he was a big problem. Must always report such instances to authorities again and again. I, I, that tweet infuriated me. Well, our president, honey, and I use that with my two little quote fingers, honey, um, has, I feel like, mental issues of his own. Uh, just coming out by in a great article for the New York Times, Trump's inaugural committee paid $26 million to firm a first lady, lady's advisor. President Trump's inaugural committee paid nearly $26 million to an event planning firm started by an advisor to the first lady, Melania Trump, while donating $5 million less than expected to charity, according to text filings released on Tuesday. The nonprofit group that oversaw Mr. Trump's inauguration and surrounding events in January of 2017, the 58th president's inaugural committee had been under pressure from liberal government watchdog groups to reveal how it spent the record $107 million it had raised, largely from wealthy donors and corporations. Ladies, what are your thoughts about this ethical lapse? Are we surprised? That's my question. Are we really surprised by this shit? I'm not going... I am surprised. Let me tell you why. I'm surprised because I would not have thought there would have been a need to take this kind of money and and do, and use it this way when you're talking about one of the wealthiest families in the world. This is what you voted for. Right? You get what you pay for. You actually get what you get. Okay? I'm mm-hmm. like... I don't even know why any of this is even surprising to anyone. I'm not a big um, governmental, put my all into the government, into, what is this, political type of situations. That's not my thing. However, (laughs) I'm sure that, um, I have a, I'm not feeling Trump. However, I have to accept where I have to accept where we are right now. And you know what I'm saying? Some people you just have to accept, right, you have to accept it. It's America. It's our, he's our president. Here's something else that I don't know if you guys are accepting. I don't know if Melania is going to accept it. There's new allegations that have been released of yet again another marital infidelity on the part of President Trump with a Playboy playmate uh, that has surfaced. So, ladies, what are your thoughts about these new allegations from Karen McDougal? Her, um, well, until he comes out with his own infidelities, they gonna keep coming out, I guess you could say. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Do you think, does it matter if any of these allegations are true or not? If, if President Trump had 
extramarital relationships with people like Stormy Daniels, Karen Dougal, does it matter? BB, it does not matter. I've actually lost count of all of the women that have come forward for the things that different men have done. So, um, but when it comes to- <laughs> That's a very real statement. When it comes to the president, ain't nobody gonna do-ish. I mean, because he's um, just like they trying to play dumb with the whole uh, Russia being involved in the election. They playing dumb with that. So they're gonna play dumb with this situation. My thing is, I'm I'm not gonna put my energy into this. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I feel you, but I'm just like I can't. Like I can't. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm worried about. This is my. What, what you worried about? Let me tell you what it is. Like I value the Republican Party and conservatives for wanting to push a moral agenda because someone has to. I don't care. If President Trump slept with 26 porn stars, I didn't care about President Bill Clinton sleeping with 26 interns. I don't care who sleeps with who. All I care about is your, the quality of what you do to run our country. President Clinton was, in my opinion, a highly effective president. President Trump, in my opinion, is a highly ineffective president. So I don't care about that, but I do value that someone keeps watch. What concerns me is that Republicans are no longer and conservatives are no longer fighting for a moral agenda or fighting for morality in this country. They're accepting it. They're letting their values become eroded to still stand behind this racist, misogynistic adulterer. And it concerns me because it has to be in order for our two party system and our nation to work. We have to have balance. And President Trump is throwing that balance completely off kilter. And Republicans are not living up to who they claim they've always been. When I turn to the because I have to watch the 630 news like that's my thing. Um, I have it's either got to be 630 on CBS or the ABC at 7 p.m. And so when I see these different things and hear these different things, I'm like, literally, it's like a um, reality show. Like, oh, what's to, what's going on in today's world of, you know what I'm saying, of President Shimzimzums or whatever. You know what I'm saying? What's going on in the White House now? You know what I'm saying? And so when I, I'm, I can't, whew. the thing about it is the president is really, um, saying things about those who have had their own infidelities when he's had his own infidelities. My thing is talk about your own infidelities and, and unapologetically talk about your own infidelities the way the mayor did of Nashville. Mm. She, own it. Own, own it. it. Yeah, own it. She's like, you may, you're, she said some. I'm sorry. She, you know, she's like, I'm sorry. You may not forgive me, but I, I can't remember. She said, maybe God will forgive her. I can't mm. remember. I don't want to misinform you. But she took that like a G. That Nashville mayor saying, I've had an extramarital affair. You know what I'm saying? I respect her more than I do the president because you were honest. You know what I'm saying? You were just honest with it. You was just a, tr- a true G about it. So my thing is quit talking quit talking about it and be a pure G about it. You know what I'm saying? So it, it is what it is. And we all got our own, you know, we all got something to talk about. You know? So one thing you talked about or said, you mentioned the word reality TV show. And this is a great time to segment in entertainment where a really great article written by Lee Blakely was released uh, this week uh, that, was, that I think that came from Entertainment Tonight. 
And it talked about The Voice, a reality television program is great TV. It's just not always great to the winners or for the winners. Why is it not great for the yeah, winners? And so one thing that the article talks about is that the television show is making it, bringing a record amount of sponsorships, record viewerships. The coaches are making upwards of $13 million. But the winners of the program have not fared well in the music industry. So I want to know from you two ladies, what are your thoughts about television programs that are really building up but not continuing to foster the careers of those winners? These people sign exclusive contracts and then languish in recording purgatory. Listen, Ruben Stutter uh, did the American Idol thing and he made that one damn song. What is it? I'm Sorry song or some shit? I think it's called I'm Sorry. I'm sorry. He was sorry for one year and never blew the fuck up again. And that's... I'm not surprised. Like, honestly, you on a TV show, you got to try to promote yourself because those big industries and those big networks are not going to promote you. So, Ruben Sutter had his I'm sorry... For, oh, I'm sorry for 2004. We ain't heard from Ruben Sutter since 2004 when he was sorry. We don't know what's going on with him at this point. So, you got to make that work for you at that point in your life. I'm not surprised at all. Um, when people get into the um, I want to get into certain things to boost my career or whatever... I'm, I'm going to be real with you. I'm still waiting to hear great things from the band. <laughs> Dylan, 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 Dylan. <laughs> I'm so serious. Like, I was a fan of the band. So, I'm like, what happened? Like, what happened? What happened? Like, I don't... It, it, Did he make his money and dipped up? Oh, and I, so, one thing. So, this give us a little back. When we say the band, you're talking about Day 26. <laughs> no, the band was separate from Day 26. The day... Uh, Day tw- the band was his rap group with Dylon and Chopper Bats and Bass. Bats. Yes. Yeah. That's why I said Dylon, 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 Dylon. Nothing. No, there was a group called The Band, and I yeah. know that seems so far, like so far long ago, but there was a group called The Band, and I really like Bab. She was a spitter, you know what I'm saying? And she I was really good. Was, she, she was, was a, tr- a true spitter. Like, I was, I watched them, I watched The Band, I watched, I was a fan of that show, and so it's what bothers me is I'm one of those, what happened to this group before I move on to, before liking this group? You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So I understand what you're saying. So I'm just like, I love Diddy. I love everything about him. I love his drive. I follow him. That man grinds. My thing is sometimes I get lost. Like, what happened to so-and-so? What happened Mm -hmm. to such and such? I I, I read about Craig Mack and his journey. I read about... um, shine in his journey i read about uh g is it g depp in his journey like you gotta understand i'm a bad boy fan Big, we don't know what I got, happened i got bad girl tattooed on my thigh let me see if i can validate oh she really does she's I, not lying you know, and why because i got because it's what's crazy is what i realized how i'm old is somebody was like oh you a bad girl like rihanna like riri no behind every bad woman <laughs> behind every bad boy is a bad girl i got that because i was a total fan mm-hmm. so i'm straight 1996 on i straight 1992 93 94 95 96 on them when bad boy was really really had their foundation bad boy, boy. Hey. come out and play <laughs> like that's my thing so i'm 
get it, but uh, you know, moving off, we're getting off topic now, but uh, yeah, yeah, Diddy and the band. We don't know what happened with the band. It was Chopper from Louisiana. Oh my god, we had Bat, we had Dylan, all of them. We don't know what happened. Going back to the reality, yeah, going back to the voice and how it's not something that has fared well for the contestants. That's not even a voice, that was the four with Diddy. So the voice is something totally different than what we are talking about, right? That you know, Gwen Stefani's a judge, right? uh, I'm I'm gonna be real with you. I know that they put the two fingers up as the voice, I know that I know the logo, the logo is positive. I mean, awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. But I don't watch the voice like that. I'm serious. After Mm -hmm. Fantasia. So you you watched American Idol over the Fantasia season. After Fantasia, I'm just like, I'm good. That was a magical season. That was a magical when 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 Fantasia won, I was like, I'm good on this, on American Idol. Sadly, I think many of our probably listeners are probably in the same boat. They kind of stopped the whole reality train after... As far as the singing is concerned. because the singing came so subpar. Right. After a bumper crop of contestants like Latoya London and Jennifer Hudson and Fantasia Marino were all together in one uh, amazing season of reality television. I can actually say that I've voted for Fantasia. Like, you've reached your 10 votes for tonight. You can't vote anymore. Like, I'm one wow. of those, straight Tansy, up. Tansy, were you voting for Fantasia? I definitely you? was. So, I was voting for Latoya London. Really? Yes, I love Latoya London. She was, to me, a complete package. And I just, I love her acting. I'm glad she has Bro, started off. Bro, Fantasia can't even read, but she can sing. <laughs> and I had to vote for that. You can't read anything on a piece of paper, but I'm going to vote for you, sis. <laughs> this is wonderful. Uh, Tazzy is joining us right after probably a phenomenal brunch that may have been a little too long. So, the brunch I went to was for Kayla Roby. She is a, a fan that re- listens to every episode that we know. We love she you. calls Dee Dee Granddaddy. We and love we love her. <laughs> she will be a guest on the show, but it was her 27th so, birthday. Yes, we turned so up Jazzy, on the most. you and Kayla celebrate her birthday by going to see the Black Panther? No, we went into brunch. We all saw Black Panther. We did but discuss you all saw it. it. So yes. We're not no. going to talk a great deal about Black Panther. Woo! But we are going to talk about the fact That's all I that gotta say. a number of people are now on Twitter claiming that they were assaulted at film, you know, at the, at the movie theater by Fans. They're they, lying. They went and found old uh, clips and memes of abused people and claimed this happened. Abused during... white people. Let's be specific. So many of these culprits happen to be white. Okay. So, ladies, what are your thoughts about this push to demonize not just the Black Panther, but I think black theater goers in general? Um, I'm going to be real with you. Um, I have not seen Black Panther yet. And today is what? February the 18th. Why have you not seen? I've not seen Black Panther because I'm about to get real with you. My spirit is, did not feel set, did not feel, um, safe. My spirit did not feel, um, my spirit was on, is, was at unease because if a dude can go into Aurora, Colorado, into a theater and bang up a theater. What better way to do that when you have a bunch of black people in the theater? So my spirit was like, 
Sister, you hold off on seeing that movie. You don't know how people's mind is to go into a theater. What better way to to get a hold of a whole bunch of African Americans and shoot up a theater? That's my spirit. Now, what your spirit felt and you came out okay, that's cool. But my spirit said, hang on for a couple weeks before you go see Black Panther because you never know how somebody's mind is going. Specifically, I don't want to give a certain race, but there is a certain race that's doing certain things, mm. okay, and mm. going off and, and popping off on, on people. So my thing is, as the African-American race, I need to step back and I will see Black Panther in about two to three weeks when I feel my spirit is at two. ease to go see it as a safety, like it's for me, it's that more safety between me and mine. So my spirit is is the opposite of what happened. Not so right now, ain't nobody go up into the spot to pop off nothing. However, you're going to falsely show pictures that you have been beat up by someone stating, "Um, this this movie isn't for you, Whitey." We don't even talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, somebody typed in blood on a tissue <laughs> and, and, and a picture came up and they said, this is what happened. My nose is bloody. Let me tell you something, motherfucker. I'm the queen of putting marker, red marker on a white tissue as a fourth and fifth and sixth grader just to get out of class. So don't sit up there and tell me. You done, uh, that, that, that tissue you saw showing is real blood. And plus I'm in the acting industry and I know what molasses looks like. And that's what we use to make a, a blood. You use, you can use molasses and some other things to make a fake blood, but you want to use a red marker or a red pen to say that we attacked you falsely. So what's going to happen? That's going to make other people who don't have their mind together say, Oh, what, you know what they're doing? They're attacking us. They're attacking us. We're going to the Black Panther movie and they're attacking us. And you getting them hyped up to come to the movie theater and, to, and for something to really go wow. down that shouldn't that be going horrible. down. That's a horrible, horrible. scenario. The, the, the Satan, it makes so much sense. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Destroy, yes. You hear so. me? And so all I'm saying is that that fake news is going out from fake pictures. It's some people out there that already know, like, man, I know this is ain't real. But it's some people out there like, Oh my gosh, look what it's coming to. We can't even visit and see the Black Panther movie because they say we can't see it as the black folk. My thing is, Caucasian folks, y'all going out there and support that movie the way y'all support them other movies out there, okay? Y'all too can be a part of Wakanda, okay? Even though I ain't seen nothing. So I definitely think that Wakanda is a nation of inclusion for all. Yes. And everyone is, everyone is welcome to have a seat at the table. Um, you know, and I, I do not think that these 
a small sliver of people who are trying to take a phenomenal moment in cinematic history and misalign it represent the majority of white people. It's a very small sliver of people. They are in no way, I don't think, representative of white people. They're representative of themselves, and they themselves should be ashamed. So, in talking, so this, that unfortunately, that's something that's happening on social media. <laughs> But that goes directly into our next topic, which was last week's BET Social Wars 18. Huge shout out to BET for recognizing this amazing innovation in entertainment. They had a full slate of awards where they recognized the best. Huge congratulations to the best podcast winner, Joe Button, for the Joe Button podcast. I have Yes, Joe Button has a podcast. It's obviously very good. It won the best podcast award. So let's talk about these great moments from the BET Social Awards. Uh, a number of winners were there. I mean, do you guys know, I think, Blame It On Kay? Oh, Blame Ooh. It On Quay? Oh, Blame It On Quay? You mean TT. Is that? That's... I fuss with TT. Okay, you fuss with... Oops. Fuss. I said fuss. <laughs> F-U-T-T-S. T-T. Okay. I fuss with TT. With the, with the turquoise hair. Yeah, I think I there's... thought his name was Keyway. Blame it on Quay, honey. Okay, Quay. It's Quay. I don't get with men putting on wigs and trying to be funny. If you ain't funny without a wig <laughs> and you got to act like a black woman to be funny, you not funny. Like, can't get with it. This ties I said it. That's, that's, you know, but is it just really a character? I mean, I think you make no. a valid point. No, if you are a man, you be funny, but you got to try to impersonate black women and then do this whole ghetto ass acting act to be funny. You're not funny. So you're not a fan of Tyler I'm Perry? I'm not a fan of Tyler Perry. That's not true. I'm Tyler not Perry, a fan of Keyway. She is an up and coming budding uh, producer and director who wants to be <laughs> behind the camera and in front of the camera. She is happy to take whatever role that you have for her. She supports you and your work. If you, by chance, blame it on Quay, get an opportunity to put Taz in front of or behind the camera, she will appreciate that as well and she will come without having had a mimosa beforehand. A, I respect Tyler Perry, but I'm not a fan of Medea. Like, I don't feel like mm-hmm. grown black men have to be put in a dress and act crazy as tell you something. stereotype. She's not the only person I heard say those you, exact you feel words. The same. So how do you no, feel I don't yeah. feel that same way. My way, my thing is, I think from an actor, actor instead of point of view, mm-hmm. like it's a character to me. Like he, to me, like I'm on his Instagram right now. He's got 3.1 million followers. He's verified. He says we we would love more followers of the three plus one podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at three plus one podcast. We don't we yes. do not have three point one million. We have like five hundred. We really would like to hit a thousand. Uh, please, so you can even like tell your friends three yes. plus one podcast on Instagram. Yes, please follow them. Please follow three plus one podcast. Please pl- listen. Three plus one podcast. They have five hundred one followers. We're trying to get five hundred two followers. You hear me? <laughs> stop, stop playing around. But let me tell you. Back to the BET Social Awards. I I've been a follower of Blame It On Quay for maybe two years now. Um, I'm going to follow him starting now. Let me tell you something. I started following him, and uh, I started following he and uh, and and his homegirl. Lala Scissorhands 89. I love Lala Scissorhands. She's hilarious. Let me I tell you like something. Lala. I was 
well, let me tell you something. Medicinal laughter. She's got one. What's crazy is what 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 I don't understand is this verification thing because she's got 1.5 million followers and she's not verified. Like verification means a lot. It means you straight up legit to me on Instagram. You know, with the blue check mark. You know what I'm saying? But she's just as funny. You know what I'm saying? Like she's very hilarious. I I mean, I love everything about. It. I, I follow Bonnet Chronicles. Mm, okay, with that is Tammy, Tammy. Roman. Let me I'm tell you. Let way. me tell you something. Y'all need to start. Y'all, y'all young chicks, chicks need to start respecting Tammy Roman. I've been following Tammy even before following was a following. Okay, she was on the Real World. Y'all need to Google the Real World. That to me was the very first reality show, television show. It was the first reality. Yes, on first. MTV. To the point where to even get on to the cast, you had to get a book from Barnes and Noble and fill out something in the real world book. It wasn't as easy as things are now. Like this was way back in the day when I lived in Baltimore and that so that was back in like 2001ish, okay? And so I like her and I'm I'm digging her and more women need to give her respect. She to me is the original Don Dada um other than her and Heather B. Heather mm. B. Like Heather B is the number one stunner when it comes to that reality show shit, okay? Heather B was on. She the was same a rapper. Episode. She Is was that the one who got to the fight with uh, the poet Kevin. No, I believe that that Kevin. I be- mm, I remember that. I, I don't want to misinform you, but I know yeah, that we'll, there was we'll, an we'll issue with out. somebody. Yeah, with Heather B. And it may not okay, but I know that some she was somebody. Um, what? But whatever. But so whatever. when we look at these BET social awards, is there a favorite? social media person that you follow? Who is your absolute favorite? So would the Bonnet Chronicles be your number one? <laughs> Bonnet Chronicles are hilarious to me. I would, I, I gotta see what Tammy's talking about on Bonnet Chronicles. What's crazy is I follow bon, official Bonnet Chronicles and I follow Tammy Rowland. To me, they're two different entities to me. But what I gotta get is my Jess Hilarious. She talks mm. about this is Jess with the mess, and my news is real. Like I really follow her sometimes with like with social Jess media. With the mess, we're talking about Jess, Jess with the mess. Yes. Jess Hilarious. She fought, she has something called Jess with the mess. If it weren't for her, sometimes I wouldn't know what's going on in social media. She breaks down in a quick minute about what's going on in social media, and I'm like, okay, mm. I'm appreciative of this informal news on IG. I don't need to wait for entertainment tonight to tell me what they ain't gonna tell me, which is popping off in social media you see what i'm saying mm. and so i have to get her because her clapback game is strong she called azalea banks azalea no banks okay she definitely gets people in check i don't even know why people come for just hilarious. hilarious and also follow mr underscore hotspot mr underscore hotspot mr underscore hotspot he's just this regular dude um who tells you smile yeah you smiling like that looking all good and stuff yeah why don't you smile for me like that so Tazzy <laughs> who is your favorite reality uh, social media personality I don't have a specific personality but I do follow the shade room and the shade room gives me everything I need yes Shout out to the shade room, y'all. She yeah, went shout all out to the, the shade awards. room. I know everything I need to know. I don't follow. I don't have to follow all these random people, but I do. I will. I will say, I do love Ha Ha Davis. I ain't I'm never a, seen I'm you be act real, like I'm this be before. Real. Ha Ha Davis is hilarious. I have no idea who Ha Ha Davis. You've been is. tripping, tripping. I ain't following him. Ha Ha 
Ha-Ha Davis is hilarious. I have I no him. idea who Ha-Ha Davis is. Let me see who that is. So my favorite social media personality is that like little lady who is like doing the church stuff. Christy, oh, the, the Christy, Christy Show! show. Like, I love her! Oh, she's funny. And also, shout out to Atlanta social media personality. I am Zozi O-I-E. I also enjoy some of his videos as well. Uh, they also, again, as we talked about, recognize Joe Budden as having the best podcast. Uh, ladies, what would be what would have gotten your best podcast award? Um, Angela Rye, hands down. I love, love Angela, Angela Rye. Rye. I love Angela. This is Tad. Did you know she was dating Common? I do know I that. I didn't know that. So I congratulations, do. Common. You have a winner, winner chicken dinner. Angela Rye is Angela amazing. Rye. I love her. She talks about real life issues. She woke. Yes. I, I do love Angela Rye. So she's definitely going to win my best podcast award outside uh, of three plus one, the podcast. Cause we are number <laughs> one and she's number two. But go ahead. Do you have a favorite podcast? Well, let me go back to real quick to the funniest um, uh, yeah. Instagram. Y'all need to follow Not Carlton Banks. Not Carlton Banks. N-O-T-K-A-R-L-T-O-N. Not Carlton Banks. He's just like a woman too, right? Listen, he does however. It's like Christian woman. Listen, it's more, like he's got so many characters, it's hilarious. He He's the church character man. Yes, he's this guy. Yeah, I've seen him. Where he's got names like Sister Bun and Patrice and Lily and it's Pastor and First Lady so it's all those who are interested, who have In a church. church background, yeah. correct? Okay. Now the other, now going back to the podcast. Now the podcast, and I only know one podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and that's three plus one. Yes. Podcast. We'll take it. We'll take Three plus one is a podcast that crosses lines with zennial and millennial voices. Politics and pop culture <laughs> are explored weekly. Okay, come get your weekly dose of three yes. plus one That's podcast. Right. Okay, right. support your local three plus one right. podcast. Right, so we have big things in the works. So my, I have three podcasts that I want to share. Uh, the podcast world is divided up into, like, to me, two groups. You have people like Joe Budden that are heavily funded and heavily supported, like Charlemagne's your guy. You know, these people have lots of money. They have big corporations backing them. My favorite big-backed corporate uh, podcast, next to Super Soul Conversations with Oprah, uh-huh. will be Pod Save America. I get so much of my great news from Pod Save America. Phenomenal. I also like Love It or Leave It, which is connected to the same brand as is Pod Save the People with DeRay, the exact same brand. Those are, to me, the, the big money podcasts. I also like some small, independent podcasts, just like us here at 3 Plus 1. The people out here grinding, looking for sponsorships, trying to get better equipment, wanting to advance their work because they believe in their vision. So I really like Carefree Black Nerd. Uh, if you have not listened to Carefree Black Nerd, it's a really, really great podcast about some really, really nerdy stuff. Uh, that's all I'll say about that. And I also like the Here For It podcast. It is an LGBTQ podcast that is really, really funny. So those are my two are my two favorite independent podcasts right now. But I listen to podcasts all the time. Every day I'm listening to podcasts, searching for new podcasts. So if you are by chance someone out there in the podcast world and you're listening to 3 Plus 1, inbox us on Instagram at 3 Plus 1 Podcast and let me know you're out there listening and I'll definitely check your podcast out. And if it's good, we'll give you a shout out as well. So now it is that time in the episode where we talk about the up, the down, and the clown of the week. So this week's the up. 
uh, goes to Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel has used his platform as a late-night talk show host to champion a number of issues, and he did so again last week when he really made a passionate, heartfelt plea against gun violence and advocating for greater gun control laws. We applaud Jimmy Kimmel for doing that. He's done it also with the Affordable Care Act and fighting for the rights of patients and those who are disadvantaged. Uh, Danica, do you watch Jimmy Kimmel? Are you a Jimmy Kimmel watcher? Uh, I am a Jimmy Kimmel watcher. I must say that I'm happily a Jimmy Kimmel watcher. Um, and I say that with all sincerity. I was a Jimmy Fallon watcher. I'm not going to lie. Oh, wow. What changed you? I don't I just like the format of, of Jimmy of Jimmy uh, Kimmel. I don't know what it was. And I'm. it was like, surely you can't choose between the two Jimmys. And I was feeling Jimmy Fallon. I was feeling the Roots crew. Um, love the Roots. I was feeling, you know. Uh, Quest Love. Quest Love. I don't know what happened. I just ended up liking Jimmy Kimmel. Um, and it had nothing to do. He. I remember he came on the show and he when it came to healthcare that's right he talked about his uh babies i believe it was heart yes issue. his son and so i saw his emotion i saw his passion i don't want to say that was the thing that made me turn i've been watching jimmy kimmel now for about a year and a half now but um i love his passion i love his um honesty his truth to because people think because someone is on a um celebratory platform that they don't have anything to say that they're emotionless i that's how i feel but he shows emotion he goes all in and he's genuine about it okay i'm serious if jimmy kimmel ran for president i would vote for him i would vote vote for the rock i remember some hearing some things about the rock going for i'm dead ass would you vote for oprah i would vote for oprah i would vote for michelle obama it's a wide open field. When Donald Trump can be winning the presidency, anybody. Let me tell you has something. I'm very thankful for George Bush, George W. Bush, George H. Bush. I'm ex- I'm happy about all the Bushes compared to what's popping off in these streets right now. And, that, and that's a big statement for anyone who lived. Let me those tell you something. Years. I I didn't think it could get no worse than that. Real talk, okay. I didn't think it could get no worse than that. And I voted. I'm going to tell you one time I didn't vote because I did not want him to deal with the bull-ish. And I didn't vote for John Kerry. Y'all remember when John Kerry was I up? I do. For election. You probably don't remember. It was 2004. I didn't vote for John Kerry. Why? Because I was. that was the whole... Wait a minute. I don't like what's popping off in these political streets. And I don't want to have John Kerry to have to go through that. So I'm a vote. I'm a back off. And I think it was another time I didn't vote when I was in college. But other than that, I remember I voting. I, I have missed. I'm real about mine. Okay, I'm going to be relatable. Everybody ain't voted. You hear me? Yeah. So I just want to say, yeah, that's what, you know, go ahead. And go that kind of, when you, when you talk about the voting, I just want to say, we, we're really not going to spend, I know, you know, every podcast out there is talking about Black Panther. We watched the film, we're going to talk in greater detail later in our, later in the month. Because about, y'all haven't seen it yet and we're not trying we're not to spoil, spoil it. it. We're going to talk about it later. But I do want to say that this has broken records. Mm-hmm. It's uh, over the 200 yes, million. Right. It's over, now. I think, 300 million. And so it is breaking records. I just want to say if everyone who went out to see Black Panther would have gone out and voted for Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump wouldn't be president of these United States of America. That's not true because Hillary Clinton definitely won the popular vote. 
That's not on when her. When we break down, we, box, when I'm saying box office, when we break down box office receipts from a number of states all across the United States of America, and you look at the number of voters in those states that went and say, who went to see Black Panther, and we compare that to those same states that had people go out and vote for Hillary Clinton, we can then have, I guess, to, to, exactly. we'll prove the point. No, Russia have full... Russia had involvement Full in swaying involvement votes. In they had we, and that's come out this past week that they With had the involvement in fake, you know. Followers but I don't and know how that. many people who who I don't know how many people of color were in any way convinced by any of that because I wasn't. I don't know anyone who was. The people that cared about politics that were involved and who knew what was going on were committed. I know so many people were saying, I'm not going to vote. It doesn't matter. Or I'm not going to vote because she's going to win no matter what. And now we're sitting here with Donald Trump in the White House. That's all I'm saying. There has been a... I have not seen this much activity on, on any social media timeline in the last... Listen, years. if we being and I real, want to see that same level of activity around an election. If we being real, for the Democratic Party, Hillary Clinton did not deserve to be the first female president of the United States. I she called black people predators Disregard her. and all types of crazy she has shit. Had Listen. Hillary Clinton said black children are predators that be killing off folks. I don't know what so she didn't deserve about. it. She really didn't deserve that it. Is, that's fake news. That's Russia collusion. That ain't fake news. She, I'm, she I'm, said it. You. And you know what? Next week I'm gonna pull up that damn clip and she, let you hear her say it. That I was wrong. I was wrong. Let me see what I'm wrong about. <laughs> I'm wrong when I said that black people weren't influenced by the Russians. She was the Russians got <laughs> Hillary didn't call. Hillary didn't call black. Predators. Hillary didn't call black teens predators. Tansy Hall. Are you serious? Send her to Sochi. Diddy, are you serious? Okay. She next Leningrad. Week. Next week. We'll you see. have now you are we'll Miss see. Leningrad 2017. We'll see it we'll next so week. So from there we go Next the week up. I got y'all people. From the up we go to the down. <laughs> this week's the down goes to uh, a, a true American prince. Nathan Chen. Nathan had a very rough start to, and if you don't know him, he's an Olympic figure skater who, at the age of eight years old, was identified as having immense talent and someone who was going to be a major figure. And he said himself that he wanted to win gold in the 2018 Winter Olympics. He was well on track to doing that, but had a disastrous first showing throughout his time in Pyeongchang. It was, however, on Friday night that he redeemed himself by being the first Olympic athlete to hit four, to hit a total of six quad jumps in a routine flawlessly done. It wasn't enough for him to then redeem the low score earned in the short program, but he was able to redeem himself as being a true contender in the eyes of the world. Nathan Chen, a phenomenal Olympic athlete, the fact that you weren't able to perform at your best self Throughout the Olympics, definitely warrants the down for the week. We still support you. We still love you. And we know that in four years, you'll be back at those Olympics and you will truly get the gold. Four years is a long time. He's going to make it. Last but not least, we go into the clown. Mm. This week's clown is Jamie Foxx. I'm not even going to start to talk about Jamie Foxx because Didi has a different reason why Jamie Foxx is the clown. My reason why Jamie Foxx is a clown is because he dates 
mediocre-looking white women and praises them. He got a mediocre-looking white woman, baby mama. He's dating Katie Who Holmes, and that's a mediocre-looking white woman as well. Jamie Foxx, you are a very talented, multi-talented black man, and you can have any woman you want, and you go date these four-star looking, four out of ten-star looking white women. I, you are the down for the rest Daddy, of the century. Who is a ten-star looking white woman? There ain't nothing, because black Daddy, women are the best. That. I'm just kidding. A four, a ten-star looking white woman gotta be... Damn. I gotta Melania come, Trump? I, hell no. I gotta come back to y'all next week for that one. So, very unfortunate Tazzy has such views. I definitely <laughs> I do not feel that uh, it matters the race of who you date. You date who you want to date. And you date who you love. This Jamie Foxx received this week's down because he walked off a live ESPN broadcast after he was asked about his relationship with Katie Holmes. The actor, age 40, who was preparing to play in the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game on Friday night, was interviewed by Sports Center's Michael Smith, but it definitely ended on a great note. That, to me, displayed an immense unprofessionalism. Jamie, you signed up to be a celebrity. This is the world. This is the role you chose. You are living the American dream. And yes, that comes with some hard scrutiny into your personal life. And you've got to be willing and able to take it. Danica, what do you think? Is that for real? This is for real. He walked off after being asked about Katie Holmes. And I, I've been a Jamie Foxx fan since about 1990 when he started with um, In Living Color as Wanda and some other characters. Did you like Tazzy Jamie Foxx playing Wanda? <laughs> Did you like that? Because that was a man as a woman. I was a child when he was playing that role, so I'm going to let him slide. Um, I'm going to say... Uh, I've never been one to give a big opinion on interracial relationships. Um, I actually can say I was shocked when um, that I found out that he was um, allegedly, and I'm going to use that word with the two quotation marks of my fingers, dating um, Katie Holmes. Um, nothing. But it's not proven. You're right. You're not right. right. It's nothing against that. However, um, I, I'm I, I'm like really. Like that's his. Like I'm gonna be real. I was like, that's that's his thing. That's his thing. Exactly. I didn't know. Like I'm thinking, you know, like he's dealing with. Like I could see he, him. Uh, I could see him, and I can't use her because she's married. Um, but I could see him. Jamie could be with Naomi Campbell or Mary J. Blige. Exactly. Like. I'm not even, I don't give a damn about interracial relationships. Get, be with who you want to be with. But damn, you're going to go be at another race and then she got to be a basic ass white woman? My thing is, my thing is, if I dated a white guy, I can't get up from the interview if you ask me a question about that situation. You see what I'm saying? I got to face it head on. So for him to walk out... Uh, but but you gotta understand. You never know what he, um the manager or he and his manager or whatever the manager in the back. You know what I'm saying? People. No, that's a decided, grown man. And Jamie Foxx has. Well, they decided money. before. He's not an up and coming actress. He he's uh, he's known. He has dominant roles. You can speak on that relationship if you wanted to speak on it. He's he ain't, he ain't no little up and coming actor. He has his place. We know that he's fine. We've seen Ray. All I We've know. seen all these different things that he's been in. That man walked out because he knew I'm dating somebody basic and I shouldn't be. So <laughs> I, I love this conversation. I do not agree, but it's, it's okay. 
Uh, we now go into this week's The Best of Us. And we're going to give, well, before we go into The Best of Us, let's talk about the products that we love, ladies. What are the products, the things out there that you want to share with the world and say, this I love? So this week, I definitely have to say that the thing that I love the most is my 100% pure avocado oil um you don't most of you don't see me but you can see me at let's talk tazzy on instagram i have been back to my braids and my avocado pure oil has been saving my life um i have not been itching or anything like that my hair is growing of course it's just amazing i love my pure avocado oil that i got from trader joe's and it's been on my hair and it's been amazing um this is more of an educational tool. I highly suggest that you get the Greg G-R-E-G-G reference manual. Wow. The Greg reference manual gives you anything you need to do about punctuating sentences. Mind you, going back to that I am a court reporter, when I'm not court reporting or acting, I'm editing sentences. For example, I am the editor for Eating with Erica, her food woo, blog. Woo. I love Erica. Eat, Eating with Erica has we a food blog. We cannot wait to have her on the podcast. Eat, go to eatingwitherica.com. You will see the majority of those uh those uh, those stories are edited by me. I will t- I t- I will the Greg reference manual shows you how to put the independent clause, to put the the comma where it needs to go, the dependent clause. It tells you everything you need to know about sentence structure. And me being a a, a court reporter, that's what I do on a daily basis. I um I break down and put sentences together and break them apart. But if you need an editor, if you need me to edit your paper for a college, uh, for college, for a PhD, I'm holla at your girl. Tell us how we can find you. I am on IG, actress Danny Chick, actress D-A-N-N-E-I. C-H-I-C-K. My name, my government name is Danica Clay, D-A-N hyphen, capital N as in Nancy, lowercase E-I-K-A. I know that's a lot, but my mother has raised me to to, to be a lot. To let that's me right. to t- tell people to t- how to spell my name. She went through it. I might as well go through it. D-A-N uh, hyphen N-E-I-K. Actors Danny Chicken. Um that's on Instagram and also Facebook. But yeah, that's what I recommend. That Greg reference manual if you need help with uh, sentence structuring or anything of that sort. But if you're not for that, holla at your girl and I'll do it for you. So one thing that you said, also I want to definitely add in, it wasn't what I had picked to be this week's uh, best product, but definitely want to recommend Eating With Erica's blog as well as Eating With Erica's Instagram. Eating With Erica, I go to her Instagram probably once a week looking for places that I want to go to in Atlanta to eat, check out. Huge fan of Eating With Erica and all that she does. I follow her journey for the last couple of years and I completely am excited for her impending nuptials and all the great stuff that she has. I'm thankful that she's very transparent and she doesn't mind sharing her life with us. My product... What's her, what's her name again? Eating With Erica. Eating with and Erica. you can... It's a phenomenal blog and a, an amazing, well-done Instagram. Uh, my product of the week is the Sabra Veggie Guacamole. I really love... Mm-hmm. I think I talked about in the first episode being an active Weight Watcher. I hate and guacamole. so 
The Sabra veggie guacamole comes in small containers. It's only 70 calories for a very full uh, and satisfying serving. It is my hands down product of the week. Uh, ladies, now let's talk about the best of us. This week's best of us goes to our 2018 Winter Olympic athletes. You are representing our country well. We've already won as of today a total of five gold uh, that medals, really ain't four, shit. Si- Pardon me. That really ain't shit. It is a lot. America went to the Winter Olympics and did not win a bunch of anything. Like they usually go and dominate. The winter is not our season, apparently. The winter is our season. We applaud every Winter Olympic athlete. We're proud of what you've done. People like Adam Rippington uh, use this as a platform to speak out for LGBT rights in the face of uh, the scrutiny of someone like Mike Pence. We are proud of you. We're proud of every Olympic athlete. And we applaud you. You really represent the best of us. The worst of us comes in the form of mimosas. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. What a phenomenal, phenomenal run. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you when, Tazzy? Next Tuesday. Ow. Ow.